You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end Travis Tannehill and former Wildcat safety Monte Spiller. Welcome, everyone, to the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. I am Travis Tannehill. We got Monty on the line with us doing everything remotely due to COVID as everything um, nowadays. Monty Spiller, how you doing, big guy? How you been? I'm good, man. Hanging in there, maintaining. uh, Excited that we're actually playing football. So that's a plus. Yep, absolutely. You, uh, how was your offseason? Shoot, it's been nine months since we've talked to you, so... Give uh, oh, give all the listener, you know, anything fun happened in the last nine months? What's uh, not, how's life? Between work, not really. Between work and trying to keep my sanity, it's about that's about it, man. Yeah. How's um, still coaching high school ball? I am. We had our first. Actually, our first game was uh, canceled because the team we were supposed to play, um, Silver Lake, they had a coach I believe that tested positive, and they had to quarantine other coaches, so that game was canceled. And we played our first game last week against um, Rossville, who was ranked number one in the state in 2A, and uh, we ended up losing by one. We went for the two-point conversion, didn't get it, and lost by one at that oh. point. So it was, it was a game. It was a good game. Was that uh, was that your call to go for it, or whose who's call was no, that? That was, the offensive, that was the offensive coach. Hey, I, trust me, I'm defense, but if I was offense, I would have went for it too. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight's always 20-20 um, in those type of situations. But, uh, shoot, yeah, be aggressive. This season doesn't even count, you know, especially at the college ranks. This season's just like a for-fun season, so it's just like a, exactly. it's just like a massive preseason. Um, diving in to Cats versus Arkansas State. First off, where'd you watch the game at? I watched it from home. Um, you know, I considered going to the game, but with everything going on, uh, with me being around a bunch of high school kids, football season, and also for my job, I chose to stay away from the stadium, uh, try to be responsible. And I'm um, kind of glad I did, you know. You know, I'm a big Cats guy, and watching the game, it was kind of a up-and-down experience. What about you? Where did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I was actually at the game, so it was, uh, an, o- it was an okay atmosphere. It was kind of, you know, the best it's going to be, I think, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I did a little pregame work for K-State uh, prior to the game, and that always comes with a free ticket. So I was in the door, figured I might as well stay um, and watch it, which, you know, it was an exciting game. I, I was hoping for a, a non-exciting blowout uh, by Kansas State, but that's uh, that's not the cards we were dealt. So, um, But, you got to, yeah, you got to watch it with Gus and Joel and uh, had a pretty good TV experience, which is always nice. But overall thoughts, what um, – Kind of overall thoughts. What what what'd you think? What what'd you see out there? Kind of where where are your maybe positives from this game str- or struggles from this game? What what'd you think of the team? What, what what they put out there on Saturday? You know, overall, the, the the one thing I think that stood out to everybody, not just me, um, Deuce Vaughn, the, the freshman, uh, I think from Texas, running back. Uh, the future looks bright at that position. The kid is dynamic, not very big, but he made people miss. He finished runs. He was fun to watch. You know, a lot of people compared him to Darren Sproles, obviously Darren being a K-State guy, being in short of stature. But um, that was one of the few bright spots offensively, I think. You know, with the O-line being young, they struggle. Um, I'm not saying it was a surprise, but I was kind of surprised 
that they struggled as much as they did. You know, not taking anything away from Arkansas State because they got some really good quality players. But I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't uh, dominate the run game more up front like we have in the past. And it's kind of a staple of K-State football, especially starting out early, uh, trying to uh, get that blueprint going of what we are known for. So that was kind of disappointing. Defensive-wise, you know, it was frustrating that number nine for Arkansas State, I think he would have made any defensive back uh, in the Big 12, uh, SEC, anywhere look average. That kid was a player. Um, he just happened to have a uniform on that had Arkansas State. So uh, it was one of those things where a lot of work to be done, and I'm thankful we had a bye week this week to prepare for Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, I mean, I'm sure those players are not happy of a bye week. You know, I know how it was with me if once we uh, – if we lost, I hated having to sit around for uh, for two weeks and have to have to think about that loss before you get to go out there and play. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned a few things. Um, obviously, Jonathan Adams, number nine there for Arkansas State. Looking at a stat line here: eight receptions, ninety-eight yards, twelve point two yards per catch with three touchdowns. Uh, Kansas State knew the ball was going to him, and they still couldn't stop him, which is. Uh, a sign of a of a great receiver. So when everyone in the stadium knows the ball is going to you and they still can't keep it out of your hands, uh, that, that, that means you're 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 pretty good. You're pretty athletic and you're you're a pretty darn good yeah. wide receiver. Um, you did mention mention Deuce Vaughn and 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 Deuce had a really nice day. And, and I think what, what I took from main from from watching him play and and really more from the post game press conferences and even Coach Kleiman's uh, Tuesday presser of this week was. I mean, just his maturity and just – I mean, how young were you when you got on the field, Monty? What year did you start seeing some or significant playing time? Yeah, I registered in my, uh, my, my, my freshman year, my first year at K-State, I registered it. So I had a year to get used to the speed of the game. Um, you know, you're familiar with the cat bowls that we had on Friday oh, evenings. Yeah. Um, so that was a big thing. And then Saturday morning scrimmage uh, we would have before the season actually started. So I had a full year to be on scout team uh, going against – some quality guys like a Chad May, Kevin Lockett, Mitch Ronnie, all those guys. I saw them daily at practice, so I got used to the speed of the game. And then that following year, I got on the field as a nickelback and a special teams player. So it wasn't like I was thrown into the fire day one without having a whole lot of practice. And like you said, that kid is mature, and everything being limited because of COVID, he didn't get an, uh, as much practice time as he normally would coming in as a freshman out of high school. And he goes there, and, and he looks like he belongs. You know, and that guy, he's a standout. And I'm glad that K-State has him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you just said. He, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I remember. I mean, I, I got on the field. I was the number two on the depth chart as a freshman. Um, I'd, I'd get, you know, five to uh, five to seven snaps a game uh, with – you know, two tight end type sets or backups. That wasn't very good as a freshman, so they didn't they didn't run two tight end stuff very often. Uh, but just just knowing knowing how much I progressed from that freshman year to that sophomore year, even I mean, holy cows! For for him to be able to go out there and run a whole playbook and, and right from the get go and be pretty good in pass protection, per, you know, really good in the run game. Uh, that that's super impressive. It just shows how much football experience he has um, coming into Kansas State, and it's really a uh, 
and then, you know, by the time I was a senior, it's, you know, you can play football in your sleep and you know where you're supposed to be. And that's when you can, you know, fully play at full speed. Uh, and, and you, you know, you're not really thinking you're just playing football. So I'm excited to watch him progress. Hopefully, you know, obviously at that running back position, uh, he's going to take, uh, take some dings, take some bangs. So hopefully we're uh, able to keep him healthy uh, for the next three, four, five years and watch him play throughout his wildcat career. Um, moving, staying on the offensive side of the ball, Skyler, what'd you, uh, what did you think of that play? Obviously, some of the fan base has been pretty critical of him, um, and coaching staff has been relatively positive. What did you think of Skyler's play right. and uh, and just overall how he played on Saturday? You know, it's one of those things, um, well, no matter what school you're at, being a quarterback, you are going to either – people are going to be happy with you or they're going to despise you week in and week out. And, you know, in Skyler, he showed that he has, a, he has the ability to make big plays. I think, and myself included, a lot of people, a lot of the fans uh, expected Skyler to come in his senior year and to put up some big numbers, no matter who was against. And and there was it was a letdown. You know, he missed a lot of open throws, um, and that goes to being rusty as well. But when you're a senior quarterback that's proven that has made plays in big games, people expect you to step up uh, to the plate. And, and I think Skyler, he'll recover and he'll come back and he'll compete. And just knowing him like I do, that's his nature. But a lot of people don't want to hear that because they wanted to win. And like I said, being a quarterback, the blame is going to get placed on you uh, before it will in the other position. Um, I was disappointed a little bit in him, but I still have 100% uh, faith in the kid, and I think he's going to bounce back with a, a big game against OU. And a lot of times, and, and you know as well as I did, he had a lot of weapons missing. You know, a lot of guys that he's familiar with didn't play for whatever reason, and that makes a big difference. But um, I think the two weeks off, I give him opportunity to kind of reevaluate what he did right and what he did wrong and to come back stronger. But I wish he could have had a better performance opening week. Yeah, I, I, I feel you there. And, and that's that was the weird thing is, I mean, he came out hot. I mean, you know, we blocked that punt, and then uh, he threw a pretty darn perfect uh, flag slash corner route. Uh, yeah. I don't remember who caught that pass. Uh, but, yeah, th- threw a – perfect ball in between two defenders for a touchdown and I was like shoot yeah. all right Skyler Skyler's gonna play well and then it kind of went not downhill but it was just kind of not not crisp and I mean look at a stat line 17 for 29 259 two touchdowns and an INT and and I went back and looked at the film and there was at least three if not four or five um passes to wide receivers where it wasn't you know, it wasn't like it was the wide receiver's fault or it wasn't it – was, they just weren't on the same page. And, and Skyler thought he was going to drift a little more and the wide receiver turned the route up. So there was there was at least three or four receptions, I, I think receptions, um, which, you know, when you're at a – if you're at a 23 for 29 for 259 and two touchdowns, I mean, that's a pretty good stat line for the day. So he's uh, he's yeah. close. He didn't play bad. He just missed some throws. Um, he, he, I, thought, yeah, exactly. I, I thought his decision-making was pretty good. Uh, took care of the football, gave himself – gave his football t- team a chance to win – um and, and what are your what are your thoughts and uh I, I hope your thoughts are in line with my thoughts on this but Will Howard the backup quarterback what uh, some of the fan base is calling for Skyler's job with with Will Howard uh, there at the backup you know the young freshman what um I mean is there yeah. any QB controversy right now where, where, where are you at on that I was honestly I was I thought maybe Skyler had got hurt when he came in I was shocked to see him come in. And that, it kind of threw me for a loop, and I was like, why is he in? Is Kyler hurt? What's going on? Is there an equipment problem or something? But it looks like they just put him in for a series just because, I don't know if it was pre-planned 
or they were unhappy with the way Scarlett was playing. But that caught me off guard, and I was very shocked to see that. And no, there shouldn't be any type of uh, quarterback controversy. But and you know, you know as well as I do, whenever there's a, a any type of hype of a quarterback that's a backup. The fans, the student section, people call for that guy to come in. It's, it's been happening for years upon years, you know, and no matter who you are, uh, they want the next guy up, you know, and it's one of those things, well, you're not doing that great, put the next guy in. But I don't think there's any controversy there. I think uh, Will Howard is going to be a great quarterback for us at some point, but right now I still believe it's college team uh, to get us to where we need to be and compete at a high level. But it's always good to know that you do have a quality uh, freshman behind him that can step in and take snaps if needed. Yeah, and, and I think I, I don't think we ever got any confirmation from the coaching staff, but from what it kind of looked like, I don't think the TV version even really talked about it much. But um, I think the radio, I think Stan and Wyatt might have touched on it a little bit. I think Skyler just got his bell rung. Um, I think it's, I don't know if they were doing concussion protocol real quick or um, or, or what they were doing, but it, it definitely looked like uh, he just took a big shot and needed a couple reps there uh, to catch his breath or go through uh, concussion protocol um, and, and came through that all right. So. Um, anything else you want to touch on real quick before we move on to uh, well, shoot, we got a bye week this week, so we got to talk about OU two weeks in a row, which I hate <laughs> talking about OU. Um, yeah. anything you want to touch on for uh, Arkansas State, K State, home opener, um, COVID crap, anything else before we move forward? Yeah, not, not really. I, I, you were at the game. Do you, and you tell me your opinion. Do you think the environment from and if we're listening to it on TV and watching it? It's hard to tell because the crowd sounded fairly decent, and then you had the band there also. But uh, how much of a role do you think the crowd played in K-State's um, intensity going into the game? I mean, I I think there's a fine line. I mean, obviously, I think zero fans is, is horrible. I mean, it, it'd be hard, really hard to play. It'd feel like a practice out there with no fans and with zero crowd noise. Um, I mean, there definitely wasn't a home field advantage, I would say, from a crowd noise, like on the defensive side of the ball. So I think we're somewhere in between no home field advantage and, uh, you know, having boring nothing in the stands. So, which is fine. You know, if we got, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15,000 fans out there, um, I think that gives it a good enough atmosphere where the kids can get excited um, and feel like they're at least playing a game where when, you know, I've watched some games on TV when there's zero fans in the crowd and it's just horrible. It just feels like uh, it just feels like a practice out there. So I, I'm happy we have some fans uh, in the stadium, but I don't think there is going to be any home field advantage uh, just from a crowd noise standpoint, uh, which which will probably help us, you know, going down to OU. Uh, OU is yeah. a pretty tough place to play, uh, pretty loud place to play. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it hurts you when you're at home, obviously, but it helps you when you're on the road. So at the end of the day, that, that's what, you know, everyone's like, oh, COVID this, COVID that. And I was like, the end of the, you know, every team is getting dealt the same the same hand for the most part. So it's all a bunch of distraction. It's all uh, it's all difficult to deal with. So there, no one's gaining, gaining an advantage uh, during all this. It sucks for everyone. Uh, so go out, go out there, put, put your best foot forward. Uh, and play some football. So, yeah, long answer to, to an easy question. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I, no. it was good to see the fans out there, though. I, I was at the game and um, just watching as a fan. My, my pregame work was, was done before kickoff, so it was, uh, it was fun to see everyone out there. It was a little weird, awkward, strange. 
just kind of, you know, you're not high five, you're not high fiving people around you. There was no tailgating. So, but I, I think uh, Gene Taylor and that athletic department. I mean, it is the it's the best they can do right now. So, props to them for for pulling it off, and at least they uh, at least they're trying and, and they're doing a pretty good job of it so far. Right. Good deal. All right. Yeah, well, nope. yeah, well, at least it wasn't the um, KU Charlotte game at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Who decided that? I uh, I don't know. I made it. The, I made it to halftime, and I think it was. I know. I was just asking about it. I watched it to halftime, and I went to bed uh, feeling confident that Charlotte was going to win. So. Yep. No, exactly. <laughs> Which, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I haven't. We haven't talked too much about. Uh, man, rough day for the Big Twelve. I mean, Iowa State, K State, and KU. Um, yeah. The big, yeah. the Big Twelve, the former Big Twelve North is uh, is not representing. So, uh, it would have been funny <laughs> to see. Not funny, but, you know, if, like, Nebraska would have got smoked, if they would have been playing, if they would have got yeah. smoked. Then it was, man, Big 12 North uh, had an old prior Big 12 North had a bad week. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. Oklahoma, always good, always yeah. great. Lincoln Riley. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to be – my biggest worry is we snuck up on them last year, and uh, yeah. they've had this game circled um, for – since, you know, 10, 11, 12 months, wherever we played them last year. So right. what's uh, what's K-State need to do? We'll, we'll touch base a little bit more on them next week just because we got a bye week, so we got a whole other week to talk about them. Um, but what right. what's K-State need to do? Well, let's focus on K-State. What does K-State need to do better to have a chance to play uh, a, just a competitive ball game down in Norman next week? I, you know, here's the thing about it. And, um, and, and whenever we play these – heavy pass teams, which is like 99.9% of the Big 12. Um, <laughs> when, if you notice, against the, the dominant teams, the top-tier teams, um, whenever the quarterback, Scholar, has a good day running, we have a chance. 
And, and for whatever reason, Oklahoma could not figure out K-State's run game, especially with the quarterback. He always finds a way to have big games against Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling – I'm hoping that the, the, the staff and the coaches – they get paid a lot more money than I do, and I'm pretty sure they're a lot smarter than I am as far as offensive-wise. They're getting a game plan to get the ball in his hand and, and get induce Vaughn and kill the clock, run that clock, uh, take advantage of Oklahoma's defense, and then if our I mean, defense and if our offense can do that, we got a chance. And then we need our defense to get a few stops here and there and a few special teams plays, which we're always good at. But uh, that gives us a chance, and like you mentioned before, I don't think with the crowd being – whatever percentage they choose to go with there down in Norman, uh, that helps us out a little bit, you know, as well. And the fact that we got beat, that should add motivation. Yep, no, absolutely. I think, you know, this team really needs to recalibrate. And, and not. I mean, that was all – I think that's kind of that's – every, every coach says it, but I think, you know, Coach Snyder and Coach Kleiman as well both do a pretty good job of – it's not about – Yes, it's about winning, but it's really about the process and how you prepare. And and if you go out there and play and you lose, I mean, at least you can look in the mirror. Um, where you yeah. go out against Arkansas State, you don't play very well, you lose. I mean, that's really when things um, are no fun to be on a football team. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and that's always – that quarterback run game is always – it's always a fine line, you know, how aggressive do you want to be, especially early on in the season. It's like, well, man, uh, you know, Skyler's going to take a lot of hits throughout the whole entire year. Uh, and that's why a lot of these non-conference games, you don't see the quarterback run game very much just because uh, hopefully you don't need uh, the quarterback run game to win. Obviously, looking back, maybe we should have ran the ball a little more with the quarterback. Um, but, no, I, I think, you know, in order to go down there and uh, and have a chance to win, we're going to need some production out of the Kansas State run game. Uh, tight ends, fullbacks p- played pretty well, actually. Um, but it, it's really it, – it's going to be yeah, a tall yeah. task. It's going to be uh, – it's gonna be it's gonna be fun just i'm gonna tell myself it's it's gonna be fun so but no it's it, it, hopefully it's a competitive ball game um I, and i truly think it is i mean you know we heard coach Kleiman say uh, a couple of different times uh you know guys with chips on their shoulder and, and and i think that does make a huge difference as silly as it sounds um you know when guys have a chip on their shoulder they seem to uh, they seem to prepare better. They seem to, uh, and, and they seem to play better. So uh, hopefully we can sneak up on OU, uh, OU a bye week as well. Uh, so they've got two weeks to prepare for Kansas State. Hopefully, yeah. um, maybe they're looking forward to that uh, October 10th game against uh, against the University of Texas. So hopefully we'll catch them sleeping. Yeah. Um, but they're uh, they look as power as powerful and explosive as ever. Uh, that that OU team. Yeah. No, what they put up against Missouri State, uh, 40, 48 zero against. Uh, you know, Missouri State's a, a formidable yeah. opponent. Um, they're uh, obviously OU handled them with uh, with ease, but not uh, not the worst opponent in in the, in the country. So, what um, OU? Anything you want to touch on? No, not really. The quarterback, um, the guy, Spencer Rattler, everybody's yep. talking about him. You've seen his highlights. You've seen his videos. Um, the, kid, the kid's a dynamic player, but the thing about it is, though, you know, a lot of experts are tabbing him as the next Heisman candidate. And, and then with the fact that he's been under uh, Lincoln Riley for a whole year prior to this season um, and knowing the system, they expecting him to do bigger things than the last three guys that have came through who have pretty good, successful um, careers. 
but um, I don't know. You know, Oklahoma is always Oklahoma, but like their big knock is defense. And last year, the same thing happened before they played K State. They were playing, they played good defense, they were putting, you know, putting teams away early, but then they ran into K State, who gave the defense problems. And I think until they stop a team uh, that can score with them uh, and do it convincingly, I'm not totally sold on Oklahoma uh, to win the Big 12 right away. They're top top three. But I'm, I'm curious to see what the defense is going to do. We know what the offense is going to do. They're going to put up numbers. I don't care who they play. They're going to score. That's a given. You know, and I guess the big question is the defense. What's the defense going to yeah, do? Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And, um, I mean, yeah, Missouri State's offense probably didn't test uh, test that defense defense very well. And, shoot, yeah, I mean, so just hopping back to quarterback situation over at OU. I mean, Baker Mayfield, um, Kyler yeah. Murray. Uh, Hurts yep. last year. I mean, holy cows! They've had yep. the number one or number two quarterback taken off the board uh, at the NFL level for the last three quarterbacks they've had, and now they got now they got three a year done yep. in Spencer Rattler, who's a redshirt freshman. So we're probably gonna have to see him for the next three or four years. Um, man, Lincoln, he uh, he knows how to recruit quarterbacks. So, uh, but no, the, the, yep. that is yep. that is probably OU's mo now. I, I, I always still, you know, it's funny we always have these kind of preconceived notions from when we were kids growing up, and uh, you know the teams we watched then they all kind of still drift into our mind, and and I always still kind of imagine OU as this, you know, this really really good defense and and a good offense and just kind of an overall complete team, but. Recently, you're right. I mean, they, they are an exceptional offense and a very average defense. Um, more, more years than yeah. not. So, uh, it'll be curious to see what how good is that defense. Uh, it, will Kansas State be able to test them? I'm just – problem is I'm looking across this defensive uh, – this defensive too deep and, and a lot of juniors and seniors out there. So uh, looks like we got uh, Brian, Brian, Nick, and Jaden from, from the linebacking core um, are all sophomores. But everyone other than that, uh, the, those three linebackers are sophomores. Everyone else is juniors or seniors. So they have uh, plenty, plenty of experience, plenty of depth, uh, and, and plenty of good football players down there in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, noon o'clock kickoff. Do you know where you'll be watching it? You're not going to it. You're not going. Oh, uh, is it noon or 11? Oh, actually 11. You're right. Yep, you're I right. I think it's 11. 11 o'clock kickoff. I think it's 11, yeah. No, it depends. Well, it depends. I have a football game for my high school the night before, and it depends on how late I'm up watching film from that night, uh, depending on where I'm at watching. I don't know. Um, it may be home from the basement. It might be at a buddy's house. Yep. Yet to be Understood. determined. How about Kansas State opening up on the road again? Uh Big 12 conference on the road against uh, the best team in the conference. How, how, how's, how's that, Big 12 commissioner, for uh, for uh, easing a second know, right? year coach into things? <laughs> yep. Hey, but the thing about it is, I'm kind of glad that we're getting them now than later. Yeah, you can you because can sneak up on guys. Early. You know, he, he, yeah, and and he's a freshman. He's still, you know, he's a regular freshman. He's dynamic, but he's still a freshman. And they're still kind of ironing out everything, and they're not clicking 100 percent like they will be four or five games down the road. So I'd rather get them now, early nope, nope. than late. You're exactly right. That's a that's a good point. And I uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he's still a freshman. Freshmen get nervous. Freshmen get rattled, uh, especially dial up a few blitzes, hit him in the mouth a couple times. Uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see how good he, good and athletic and ar- ar- how good his arm strength is once he's uh, once he's had a few shots from old Wyatt Hubert. So. Um, 
with that being said, I think that's all we got for today. We'll uh, we'll be here next week. Uh, even though we got a bye week, we'll still be bringing you a little content next week. Probably touch on OU a little bit more. Um, talk about some other uh, Big 12 games that happened over the weekend, even though K-State is off. Uh, anything to uh, wrap us up here, Monty? No, man. It's good to be talking yes, football sir. again. Um, it's always good to hear your voice <laughs> and uh, talk yeah, K-State. No, absolutely. Who you guys got this week? High school was it? Um, we got Marysville um, homecoming for us Friday. Marysville coming to us. Awesome. We're home Marysville, forth, so. that's a, a good game. They're they're a pretty prominent program. Usually, uh, this year they still look pretty solid. They they lost a bunch of guys last year. Um, they had a couple of tough games early. They played Wamigo last week, and Wamigo got them. 28-14, I believe the score was. But um, they they got some kids that play, and they got so much tradition, and they got pride. So we don't take anybody for granted. So it's one of those games where we know it's going to be a physical game, so we're getting awesome. ready for that. Sounds good. And uh, your son, he didn't graduate, right? He's still he's still pretty young. He's sophomore, G? No, he's, yep, a, he's a sophomore. He's um he's a sophomore. He's doing well. He's starting their free safety for us, and he's also actually starting that receiver. Caught uh, his first touchdown of the season last week um, on a post route, beautiful throw and catch, and had a couple of breakups and several tackles. And he actually uh, ended up kicking for us for the game. Our kicker got hurt, and he ended up being uh, the physical kicker in the kickoff the rest Shoot. of the game. So he was Shoot. loving that. Well, keep keep getting that boy some reps. Uh, Kansas State's secondary could have used a little help. So let's let's get hit, let's get him in purple here in about right. three years. And. Uh, and give that defense a little bit of help. But awesome. Sounds good, Monty. You have a great week. Uh, this has been the Tannehill and Spiller podcast. After a uh, Cats loss against Arkansas State, we'll see you all next week uh, for more uh, preparation and talk of Kansas State versus Oklahoma. See you guys soon. Thanks, guys. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.